The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaning Nation, Mike Camping here with one of our amazing mindset coaches and all around pretty decent human being, Suzanne Bandick. Um, today, I'm really excited about today's topic in that she and I have been dealing with this, um, you know, a lot. We talk with clients, we talk with you guys, Cleaning Nation, that aren't clients. And the question that we get asked the most is, how do I do pricing? How do I do pricing? And we've done lots of podcasts on that. They're out there, easy to find. Um, the thing that the question that probably should be asked a lot more and rarely gets asked, and we're going to answer today, is what do I need to believe about pricing? How do I need to think about pricing? Because I think we think, or I think you guys think, if we could just say we had a service for $29 a month, you would just magically crank out a price. Whatever you do, you didn't have to do anything. Just boom, $1,400, bucks, 297 318 a month, like it was just perfect for your right cost of goods sold and everything. Believe it or not, that's 10 or 20% of the issue. What the real question I think people are asking is, what if I price it too high and they leave? Or what if I price it too low and we get it? Or the unasked question that you really want to know, what if I price it too high and I'm embarrassed and they call me stupid and word gets out and I look like a fool? Um, And I don't think people verbalize that, but I know um, certainly not in like the Facebook groups and kind of in public, but in private, I don't know if they verbalize it just like that, but they do have that question. So that's what I want to talk about today is, again, we have lots of podcasts out there on the math of how to get your cost of goods sold right and, and figure that all out. And frankly, that's knowing what to charge is the easiest part, believing the right thing. So you know that you're doing it right and pricing properly is doing it for clients and not to them. And knowing that it's okay if people tell you you're crazy, that doesn't have to mean anything about your identity. All that stuff wrapped up is far more important. So that is the best I can set the table. Um, Suzanne probably gets us more from our clients than I do. So jump into the deep end, anywhere you see fit to pick this up, Suzanne, I'm going to sit and listen enraptured. Okay. Well, with our clients, predominantly, it's they've gone through your sheets, they know their cost of goods sold, they know what they have to price, and they're like, oh my goodness, I have to increase prices so drastically that it goes immediately to the fear and loss mindset that I'm going to lose all my clients. They're, they're, they're not going to want to do this. So let me just jump in really quick, because I should have said this at the beginning, but just so the listeners aren't annoyed the whole time for you, all of you like, I need to know the money. Tell me the money, Mike. I don't care about, okay, fine. Half. Let's just do that. 50% is the highest cost of goods sold. So if it's going to cost you a hundred bucks, charge 200. If it's going to cost you a thousand, charge 2000. And you're like, how do I figure out the cost? Come on, guy. You got to know your, your labor and what that costs. That, that's different. So right. just to be easy, 50% is not the goal. It's the top end. So some of you guys are like 60% and you're like, oh, it's a little high. So I've seen I've seen 110%. And we still, sorry, so I'm going to promise I'll let you go. I just, some subset wasn't going to join us until we gave them the 50% cost of goods sold. Um, I've seen people literally where it physically costs them in payroll, not to mention overhead, 500 bucks to do a job and they're charging 400 and they were still afraid to lose prices. So back to you, but just... Yes, let's assume it's not a little price raise. Of, well, you know, I'm charging 800 bucks a month. It should be 825. Like, let's assume I'm charging 800. Holy crap, I should be charging 1200 or something that would shock uh, our senses. Go ahead. Right. 
So therein in lies the mindset challenge. And w- this is what I work through. We need to realize that we're in business to have a business. If we're not making a profit, if we don't have our our staff, our cleaners staying with us, happy to stay with us, the turnover gets higher. And pretty soon we don't have a business. We're not even serving our clients. We go bankrupt. The clients are not happy then, right? Oh, you so happy. <laughs> right, right. So we have to have the background. Look, we know we need to do it. Okay, so number one, we need to do it. Let's look at the mindset now. We know why we need to do it. So we've got to look at two things, our worth and our company's worth. And here I like to go to what's called a 50 stack of awesome. A lot of people use this. It's been talked about it by a lot of different uh, mindset people. The 50 stack of awesome means you write down 50 reasons why you and your company are worth 10 times more what you're charging. Because if you do not have the belief that I am worth this price increase, my company, my staff is worth this price increase, if you don't get that right for yourself first, it's very hard for your clients to follow along. I have so much to add because you're you're getting my juices flow. Like, yes, I, yes is the first thing I've done. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear me type it away at the beginning. She's just saying so many things I want to get. So first is, Suzanne said a perfect point. This is about profit, guys. We get really weirded out about top line gross sales. Well, I'm growing. I'm growing. You know, I've, I think I'm doing pretty well. It's been two years and I'm doing $200,000 in sales. A, you know, depending, some people build $20 million companies in two years. So not judging, but just let's put a little perspective. And B, revenue doesn't mean nothing. Revenue feels great. I've got a million Instagram followers. Great. You make any money? No. I'd rather have zero or a thousand and make some money, right? And really help some people. So A, we got to put profit first, right? If we, most of us focus on gross sales and we just assume if I have more gross sales, I make profit. That is not the truth. Second, profit is money that comes out of your business. I hear all the time this nonsense about, oh, I'm, I'm reinvesting. I'm keeping my profit in my business. Well, either there's there's only two universes. There's only two things that can be true about that. One is you are making profit and you are keeping in your business. If that's the case, your business bank account will be growing steadily. So if a year ago you had 10 grand in there and now you have 100 grand in there, there's $90,000 of profit you have not taken out. If a year ago you had 10 grand of profit and now you have 10 grand of profit and you're like, oh, I'm leaving the profit in. There is no profit. You're like, oh, well, I invested it on equipment and blah, 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 blah. That may or may not, it hasn't made profit yet. So be crystal clear. Profit is either cash accumulating in your bank or I physically took the money from my bank account and put it in my personal account and never went back. That's profit. Um, Next thing Suzanne said that is so powerful, and we're all over the board, but you said like 10 key things. I'm like, I don't want anyone to miss any of them. Um, Our employees have to be happy and they have to, you know, pay a fair amount and blah, 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 blah. A lot of times when our costs are out of whack, we're so scared of having a price conversation with our client. We will beat our employees, not physically, but like, Suzanne, go faster. Come on. It took you 26 minutes. You should be able to do it in 21 minutes. And, and we think that's going to move the lever or it's a, is, you know, say market value for our areas. 
18 bucks an hour. Like I'll try and sneak in with 16 bucks an hour. That's not going to move the needle. All those are like little tiny tweaks. And guess what? I Maybe I can beg and cajole and encourage and yell at Suzanne. And as long as I'm physically there with my whip, she will work 8% faster. But as soon as me and my whip or encouragement or whatever the hell I'm doing are gone, Suzanne goes right back to Suzanne because that's how long it actually takes. We're just fooling ourselves, right? Um, last couple things on more of what Suzanne was talking about and I think where she's going price from your customer's perspective, your, your perfect prospects perspective, not your poor perspective. So if we, if our perfect prospects, let's go residential are middle-class people, they shouldn't be because it's going to be expensive for them, right? If their house payment or mortgage payment or God forbid rent payments, a thousand bucks, yeah, it's going to be hard to get someone to pay three or $400 to clean their house. If you've got a million dollar house that they own free and clear, they wrote a million dollar check for, or they pay five, eight, ten thousand $10,000 uh, a month to maintain it, four or 500 bucks to maintain it ain't, isn't a big thing. So if you are selling to the wrong client, yeah, you're never going to get the right price. If the guy's in a mobile home park, he just can't, it's not a judgment against him or her. He's just never going to be able to do it. If he's a million dollar home and he makes two, $300,000 a year, he's got a several million dollar net worth. You can't be like, well, I would never pay for it. That's a lot of money. I know, but you're not your perfect prospect. You got to sell to that guy. It's almost arrogant to be like, well, this guy's going to have the beliefs that I have. Well, he's not because he's in a different financial situation. So when you try and sell to your perfect prospect, assuming he has your beliefs, you're going to screw the day I come thing up. Last thing I have to say when Suzanne's like, you got to believe it. Like that 50 stack of awesome of wire service is worth 10 times it. Let's just do a little. So I love Suzanne because she's like the very emotion. She's on one side of the spectrum because it's hugely different perspective. I'm on the completely different. So between the two of us, you get a real picture of this thing. The last thing is I get it. If you were selling your services for millions of dollars and your profits were hundreds and hundreds of thousands, there could be some sort of value. Say, well, am I worth it? Is that right? Blah, 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 blah. But if we do the real big boy math of let's just say we're on a commercial thing and it's a thousand bucks a month. We coach like 20, 25% profit. Let's call it 20%. Um, that means you're making 200 bucks a month. That's one nice dinner if you have alcohol and have a couple of people. So if you've got a client that's like, yeah, for $1,000, I would rather, as opposed to me paying $1,000, you make 200 in profit to set this up and to take the risk and to front the payroll and to get the training and all the time, effort, and passion you put in. I don't think 200 bucks is a fair profit. I would rather you charge me 800 and you make nothing. That's a client. The guy's nuts, right? Like no sane person is, or he's like, you're, you're a scam. It really costs you 200. You're making 800 in profit, in which case he's an idiot. So we don't want to internalize. I'm my prices are crazy. And here's, they won't say you're an idiot. They'll go, I got a guy that'll do it for 400 bucks. Well, then that guy's an idiot. So the problem comes in when we deal with crazy people or crazy people are giving us crazy bids. You're just saying crazy things. The math doesn't add up. Like what kind of psychopath would go? Yes. If you're only making 200 bucks and I, it costs me a thousand, I would rather you make nothing and I do. Or you know what? You can make 50 bucks. I'll pay 850. This is not a person you want to deal with. So taking that in and go, yes, I'm not worth $200 in profit to manage a thousand dollar thing and taking all this risk. That's just nutballs. So on the real end, let's do Suzanne's 50 stack of awesome and really kind of own it. But just from a pragmatic, like if you're charging 20, 30, 40 grand and there's a bunch of margin, you might have to do the 50 stack of awesome to really get there. We're not even there yet. You're selling, you're making a nickel here. And the guy's like, a nickel, you bastard. You you should get a, a penny. And we're like, oh, maybe a penny's on. Come on, people. Let's just do a little math. All right, rant over back to the, the sane thoughts of Suzanne. Can you see, can you hear Mike's passion, right? 
that's, um, I just love that, Mike. I just love that you're so passionate about helping everyone see that they need to make a profit. And the audience is happy that um, my passion is directed at you as opposed to me yelling at them. So thank you, Suzanne, for putting up my nonsense. I don't want Mike to yell at me. That's terrible. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. Okay, let's go back to the very basics of human nature. When we give a price increase, we tend to think they're not going to like me anymore. Mm. That's very basic. They're not going to like me. They're going to think I'm a bad person. They're going to think I'm charging too much. They won't understand. One of the ways to get beyond that is to create and to look at the persona of who you are. Are you a business owner? And it's time. I know we have a lot of people that are used to just being in there doing the cleaning. But at some point, you need to come out. And you've got to say, I want to work on the business. I want to have a company. I want to serve my clients and I want to serve my employees. How do I do that? You have to become the business owner. Look, even just talking about it, I sat up straighter, right? Thinking about being the business owner. So what do you need to do? You need to do sometimes the tough stuff. Because you owe it to your staff, you owe it to your business, and you owe it to your clients. Hey, new friend, love that you are here. If you want more Cleaning Nation, more us, you can check us out on YouTube. Similar content, you just get to see each other. It's totally free. Or if you want to say, hey, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, join our free Facebook group. We love hearing from you, Cleaning Nation. That's what makes it magic. Jump on. We'll see you there. Let me prove it. Again, I love this because Suzanne's in the very cerebral heart space, which is going to resonate with about half of you. And then I'm way up in my head, <laughs> which is going to resonate with the other half. Um, the I think the big, oh, the, the aha, because I was here, by the way, guys. So I, the one thing I want to share is please don't be like, oh, Mike came out of the womb, super confident and ready to know how to pro- bull crap. Mike was broke and scared and all that. That's why I get so passionate because I've been there. I've been kicked around. And I hate it. And I, I hate seeing you guys do it. So let me prove to you this whole issue of, as a business owner, if you're really going to create value in the world, it is incumbent on you to charge enough money. Let's look at um, if we can agree as capitalists, which I'm assuming and hoping most of you are for in business, um, that as long as there's no government coercion, coercion, the companies that make the most val- money bring the most value, right? Like obviously, you know, someone has a gun to your head, you don't have to bring value, you take their money. But if you're trying to sell a product or service and there's no coercion and the government's like, you have to buy this thing, they have to be bringing value, right? There's no way profits have to equal value or why would people do it? So all that to say, let's look at the most valuable companies out there and specifically Tesla and Apple. Tesla, you know what they started with? The Roadster. I think they sold like tens of thousands or hun- or thousands, like very few. And the thing was, I don't know, probably a couple hundred thousand in today's you know value just to do a proof of concept. And I'm guessing the R&D on that thing was 80% of it, the research and development. So the quote unquote chumps that bought the first thing paid up, you know, maybe it cost them 20, 30 grand to to produce and they charged 200 or some massive, massive thing. That was, were they chumps? Were they bad? Did Tesla scam anybody? No, they brought so much value. And then what did they do? They came out with the the S which was like 70 or 80 grand still instead of ultra luxury premium, it was just luxury premium. And, you know, as opposed to 1% of 1% of the world being able to, or not world, but America or wherever their target market is, 
now 1%, you know, a whole one in a hundred as opposed to one in a thousand could afford it. And then once they did that, then they're like, all right, we're going to bring up the three. And I think that was priced like 30,000, some completely. So it costs all this time and money to build. And they've got, and I, I bought, I bought a Tesla. I freaking love it. Um, but my Tesla for 60 grand or whatever it costs wasn't going to be available unless Tesla charged the Roadster people 200,000 for a thousand of them. And then the S a hundred thousand for, you know, a hundred thousand of them. And now they can mass produce. So you've got to understand if Tesla was like, well, this Roadster technically only costs $23,000 to, to pr provide, maybe we better charge $26,000. Tesla wouldn't exist as a brand. Same with Apple. They bring the coolest stuff. You know how much an iPhone costs to make? I don't, but I'll bet you it's on a hundred bucks. Um, probably a lot, well under a hundred bucks. But the margin is where they can have people sit and think and do beautiful things because there's margin. So if you want to look at, the companies that bring the most value, they always have the most margins. So you got to look at and most margins for the shareholders, the owners, but of course those margins, again, we pay a thousand bucks for an iPhone or where they're going for now, not because, well, it costs $969. You know, I, I've never walked into an iPhone store, like how much does this thing to cost them? You know, or my Tesla. <laughs> I just want to know how it makes me feel when I use it, right? Your clients are exactly the same way. So well, you got to get off of, this is what it costs me to provide. Therefore I can add a modest amount and that's my thing into how can I rock people's worlds? How can I make them like dumb thing with the Tesla? It's got a little place where I can, I, we had a Mercedes before and every car I've owned before, the, the thing went in the cup holder. That was my phone. My wife had one. I had one. And God forbid we have a cup. Where are we going to put that? The phone. So the phone's either got to go my crap. Stupid things. Like we've only been making cars for a hundred years. Cell phones have only been out for two decades. Tesla's like right in the front. There'll be two little things, one for her and one because how many people are driving alone in a Ford? Very rarely. And guess what? When you put it on, it charges it. Stupid little stuff like that. Maybe it costs once they figured out 83 bucks to have that option. I pay a thousand or five. The price doesn't matter. So you've got to get off of this. Here's what it costs me to make it. Here's what I'm going to charge it into. How can I blow their freaking minds? How can I bring value? They're like, oh. and then the price doesn't matter. Right. And test, there is a guy that's like, well, this phone charging thing that costs an extra 1200 bucks on my time. I don't have a phone. I don't want to Tesla ain't chasing that guy for a fine. Go buy a Hyundai. We don't care. The vast majority are like, oh my gosh, this makes me feel a certain way. And it makes me how I feel when I feel the price is the price I'm going to pay it. So when you're selling cleaning, it's a commodity. When you're selling feelings, you can charge anything you want. All right. Second rant over. I promise it's your turn. Suzanne. By the way, that's a great thing to put in your 50 stack of awesome. How do I make them feel? How do we make them feel? What a fantastic way to understand your true value. You're cleaning. The, the service you're providing is not just the, the minute, the hours, the cleaning. It's what's the end result? How does this person feel? So let's, let's take a look at this. We started and we thought, okay, this, this client of mine is going to say, that price is crazy. Let's look at this step by step. One, no, we know why we need to do it. We need to do it. We have a business persona. We're, we're saying, I am a business owner. I need to do what I need to do for the good of everybody. Then we create that 50 stack of awesome to say, why am I and this company and our services worth 10 times more than we charge? And there you have the power to go in and talk to the people to have the price increase. 
And by the way, this is something very important, is when you tell them what the price needs to be, stop talking. Close your mouth and just let them digest on that. Because the first thing we usually want to do is, I know it seems kind of high. Maybe I can give you a discount. They haven't even talked to you yet. You have to know that you are worth it. And one thing, and I know, Mike, you're dying to say something, but I want to finish this one, is that if you're doing a price increase and if that person happens to say, no, I can't do this, let's look at the wealth and abundance mindset instead of the poverty and loss mindset. The wealth and abundance mindset is thank you very much. We've enjoyed serving you. And in your mind, you say, this is leaving room for the right core value fit that sees my value. So this has created space for me to go to a customer who will pay me what I'm really worth and we'll have a great relationship. Let's end this with two role plays, Suzanne. You are going to be a car buyer. I am going to be a car seller. Okay. Okay. These will take 30 seconds. You're going to be the same person. I'm going to be the different person. And we'll just let the audience decide who they want to be is from the seller. So you get to buy the same thing either way. I'm just going to respond differently so they get to see what each feels like. I am the salesperson at a Mercedes store. The average Mercedes on my lot for a brand new car, let's say, is $80,000. I don't know. I don't know what they actually are, but let's just say on my lot for these Mercedes are $80,000. Now come in and your budget in both of these scenarios is going to be $32,000, right? All right. So come on in. Hi, my name is Mike. Welcome to Mike's Mercedes. Um, How can I help you? Hi, Mike. I'm interested in looking at a Mercedes. Awesome. Uh, We've got this one here. Let's say we've done some conversation. I know exactly what you want. I show you Mercedes. It's perfect. It fits everything you want. Here's this Mercedes. Um, uh, it's ready right now for the low, low price of $80,000. Um, would, what would you like to do next? Oh, no. I can't afford $80,000. It's a great car, but no. So is your budget like seventy, seventy-five? dollars What are we talking? Um, 32000 Oh, my gosh. Let me go to my manager. Steve, I've got a lady. Her budget's $32,000. What can we do for her? We've got to change everything about our prices. Slash them all. I feel so stupid. How on God's great earth could I have ever sold an $80,000 car? What am I thinking? I'm an idiot. Stupid, Mike. I got to quit. There's no $30,000 cars here. The whole business is shut. We're going to go out of business. This lady's caught us. Nothing we sell is worth 80 grand. How, how can we exist one more moment? That's scenario one. Let's try it again. Everything's the same. I know exactly what you want. This car fits perfectly. So Suzanne, here's our budget for, you know, here's our car. It's 80,000. It's going to fit everything you want. It's 80 grand. What would you like to do now? I love it. Can't do it. How come? Well, I only have 32,000 to put into it. Oh, thank you for sure. There's a Honda store. I think you'd be a lot more comfortable down the road. It's about a block there. Anything I can do, I get you on your way, young lady. All right. Do you feel the difference in energy? So I can't wait to have Suzanne feel how that felt from her perspective. But who do you want to be, right? Is the seller, if you want to be that first guy or gal, who, and I'll be honest, Walmart makes a ton of money. I don't know how they do it. I'm not the guy to get coached on that. I don't think it works in cleaning, but I'm not saying the low price thing can't do it. But there's one Walmart, 
right? Like we know every, well, Target's the nicer Walmart and Costco's the, the wholesale, but there's still not, there's just the one low price leader. And that's it. The 99.999999% of all the other stores that aren't the low price leaders all failed competing with Walmart. So I know how my energy felt during the first and second role play. Just as the buyer, how did you feel with first salesperson? Did he make you feel liked? And Because I'm worried that you're not going to like me. Um, so did you feel like I, how did you feel towards me during the first role play and during the second role play? <laughs> Um, first role play was, I did, I, I didn't like that you didn't have the confidence that your product was worth what it was worth. It made me second guess you and the dealership. That's such a great point. So you, I'm thinking I've got to go weak because I need Suzanne to like me. And she's like, I didn't, not now. I it wasn't really about where I liked you or not, but I didn't respect you and the lack of respect and what if I did? Let's say there was some universe I could sell it for 30. Now, how much of a charlatan am I? It's 80 grand. I can only spend 30. Okay, let's do that. So she's like, so you were just trying to scam me for 50 grand in 10 seconds? <laughs> like even in some crazy universe I could, there's no universe where you be that person and change who you are and come out smelling like anything other than a turd. What about the second one? When I told you to piss, I mean, I was nice, but I was like, yeah, yeah I think you'd be more comfortable Honda store. Probably didn't feel fantastic, but... <laughs> How'd that, how'd that feel on your perspective? <laughs> uh, it didn't feel fantastic for me on my end, but I had respect for you. Okay. And obviously I overplayed both of those by about 600%. So you're, you're not going to come in like that. Okay. So just think that through. Think me screaming about how the Mercedes, did. When, next time you're going to go to talk to somebody and they're like, they say something insane, like, I could get it done for a half. Like again, so I say it's 80 grand and, and Suzanne's like, I could, there's a Mercedes I can get for half. Well, I know it's either you, you can't get the same thing. Maybe there's a used one or a broken one or a Honda or whatever, 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 but that doesn't have anything to do with us. So same thing when you're a real person given a real bid and they go, oh, I could get it done for half. Maybe there's some homeless guy that thinks he can do it for half and he's going to do a terrible job or not show up or blah, 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 blah. But I'm not going to argue with Suzanne. I didn't notice. I didn't try and negotiate her up to 80. Her world is 30. You know what I'm going to do? Once I tell her to the Honda store, I'm going to go to the next guy and the next guy and the next guy until I get someone that wants a Mercedes. Go ahead, Suzanne. Let's remember two things as well. One, we're not going to please everybody. But two, if we feel confident enough to stand by our price, quite often what can happen is the person will say, can't do it, go with somebody else. They find out somebody else cleans badly and they end up coming back to you because you stood your ground, you have your value. Well, only two things happen. One, they go to the cheapo and get garbage service and they're happy because they're a cheapo and that's what they want. In which case, you want that guy in your life? No, because no. he's always going to, it's never going to work. Or they go to the cheapo and go, because you could tell, well, that guy's a scam. And I know, you know, Janny King, they're cheap. And, they're da, 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 da. and then you look like a dirt bag. Okie dokie. You know, what, I'm going to badmouth Honda. No, I'm going to let her experience a Honda. And if she likes it, great. I shouldn't have tried to sell her anyway. Or if she goes, oh, now I see. No one had to explain to me. I see what the difference is. When she comes back, she's ready to go. But either way, I can be an integrity and not try and quote unquote, talk her into anything. Just help her to get what she wants. If she's a Honda gal, go get a Honda. Go ahead, Suzanne, finish this out. The, the other thing I wanted to point out is the energy it takes. Oh. The energy it takes to try and waffle and, and fight the, oh, I should, I shouldn't, this price and that price and try and figure out the other person takes a huge amount of energy. 
the second way, this is my price, this is what I'm worth, yes or no, we're good with that, much less energy, save that energy for places where you really need it. All right. I keep wanting to um, end, but Suzanne keeps uh, saying, I know. Saying, so I'm going to give one more bonus and then we're going to end this uh, forever long um, podcast. And I learned this from a guy named Mike Tony. I wish I, I just want to give him credit. I can't imagine he's listening, but this was 20 years ago and it was such a good lesson. It stuck with me. He told me when he, and again, I, we go to cars because we all had that experience as a buyer, uh, typically not as a seller, but I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the buyer. Um, Short version is you buy how you sell. So I used to, when I was young, people would always grind me on price and I hated it. And guess what? I would grind other people on price and I didn't understand they were connected. Mike Tony told me, and this is before I, when I'd sold cars as my only job when I was 20. And this was 10 years after that, before I'd owned a car dealership. He's like, I have a BMW guy. I go in and I told him right off the bat, I'm going to pay whatever you say the fair price is. Um, I'm, we're not going to negotiate. We're not going to haggle. If you say it's a fair price, I'm just going to pay it. Um, if you take good care of me and you're fair with me, I'll, I, all my service will be done here. All my, every car I buy from now on, as long as I buy a BMW will be here. If you screw me, I'll go somewhere else. If you treat me fair, I'll go here. I'll never complain. Um, and the guy gave him price and he's like done and done. And he goes, did I overpay for the thing? I don't know. Maybe, maybe by a thousand bucks, maybe by two, who knows? Right. Um, he goes, but when I go in, guess what? I get the best service. Anything I need, they're square. And guess what? You know who negotiates with me on my stuff? Nobody. So if you're constantly, and again, poor people grind, the more money I have, the more I'm like, and again, like Suzanne, she didn't try and beat me up on price. She was almost embarrassed. Like, oh, my budget's $32,000. She knew she was in the wrong spot. She didn't judge me. She judged her. But for me, the price is the price. If I want something, it costs what it costs. And I want to pay the full price because I want the full experience. And I think if I janked the guy, maybe I could negotiate him down. But then when I need something from that card, he was like, oh, this cheap son of a gun. And same with your people, right? If you get the people that are going to grind you at the price of the beginning, you think they're going to be delightful once you start. No. And again, when I had my car dealership, we didn't do a lot of negotiating on a price, but the people that paid the regular price and didn't, weren't always trying to negotiate had a better, they had a better experience. Regardless, they were happier. They enjoyed the car buying. They gave me better reviews. And guess what? When they came in and needed something or something broke that wasn't technically our fault, of course, we're going to take care of it. So just remember, you buy how you sell. You can't be a human that's like grind, 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 grind on this side and then be and then expect people to pay your full price. So don't get scammed, but go, the price is the price. And again, Suzanne didn't grind me. She just went, oh, I guess I'll go to the Honda dealership. I, I guess I can't afford a Mercedes. But you buy how you sell. Remember that. Don't try and grind your vendors and beat the crap out of people and then be shocked when people grind you. I haven't negotiated on price in forever. And I can't remember the last time someone tried to negotiate me on price. Anything to add before we call it, lady? Hope we helped. All right. Beautiful. Um, if that was helpful and you're like, I would like more free info. How about this? How's the grind of price? It costs you nothing. Um, go to growmycleaningcompany.com. There are over 900 uh, episodes. I think if you go to Amazon, you get my books. So it was like 20 bucks. But growmycleaningcompany.com is the best resource of free stuff. The podcast, the YouTube channel, check it out now. There's a free on-demand training, probably the best place you're going to go. Growmycleaningcompany.com. Check it out. Uh, oh, and if you've gotten value, throw us a five-star review on uh uh, Spotify or wherever you listen. If you didn't get value, shoot me an email, mikeyourgrowmancleaningcompany.com. Tell me how we can get better. See you later. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. 
Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me, but like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing, share it with a friend, share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431, 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts, and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now, 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.